Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. My name is Kevin Clark, and I, along with Bob Hutto, who's the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, I have the privilege and honor of bringing to you this Bible study. Uh, you guys have been with us for quite some time. If you're new, we welcome you. But a lot of the folks that are listening have been with us for at least a year or so, and we really appreciate the support. Uh, so many times we get comments, we get emails, we get calls, texts, things of that nature, just showing that you appreciate the work's being done, and we appreciate your feedback. Uh, we know that when the Word of God is presented, it will not return unto Him void, but it's always nice to have that reinforced by people testifying to how impactful it's been in their lives. So we thank you for that. Uh, we want to thank our deacons. Uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend, who are always with us. Uh, every time we come to you, it's because of their technical wizardy and, and their ability to kind of bring uh, their talents to bear to make this happen. Bob and I have said several times, we could not do this by ourselves. And so we appreciate that. We've been looking at the subject of uh, the holiness that we're to pursue because you're we worship a holy God and we want to be holy like God. And there's so many aspects to that. And we've talked about some of the aspects there really is a lot more ground to cover down the road, but right now we're focusing on sins of the lip, things that we can do with our mouths that are either unholy or to encourage us to exercise our tongues in holy ways. And one of the ones we've been spending really the last couple of podcasts on is this idea of lying and deception. And so we want to dig into that a little bit more, look at some more biblical examples. But before we do that, we always uh, open up and let both speakers have uh, some things to say. So, Bob, you have some introductory remarks? Well, again, we, we talk about pursuing holiness, which is an idea that's found in Hebrews chapter 12 mm -hmm. and in verse 14. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification or holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And so um, if... Maybe that's a, that gives us just a little short thought to think about through the day. Right. I want to pursue holiness. I want to develop that quality in my life. Amen. You know, I was thinking about, we're talking about lying and misleading people, mm -hmm. intentionally deceiving them. And there are lots of different ways you can do that. We've talked about some of those. But it's like a lot of other things. You get in the habit, mm -hmm. and that habit just grows and, and continues. And before you know it, right. you know, before you know, if you're not careful, it just becomes, kind of becomes... A, part of your speech That's pattern. Right. And so we want to always be in a process of examining ourselves yes. to see if we're in the faith and seeing if we're people that uh, have integrity and tell mm -hmm. the truth. We don't want to develop those bad habits right. uh, that can um, ruin our character. Amen. Amen. Well, we uh, last time talked about Abraham and uh, some of the problems he had with deception. You remember that he was going down to Egypt. He was concerned because his wife, Sarah, was so beautiful that they would see him as a threat and take his wife, kill him. And so he said, well, just say that you're my sister. And uh, we saw how that was disastrous uh, for Potiphar. Uh, I'm sorry, for Pharaoh. And um, he was very angry at Abraham because he felt like, look, why did you mislead me? Because what happened is God rained down plagues on Pharaoh and his people because he had taken Sarah. And so you would think from that, <clears throat> Abraham would have learned his lesson. Okay, I need to always tell the truth, especially on this particular issue. But believe it or not, in Genesis chapter 20, we have a very similar incident with Abraham and Sarah. Again, it deals with the fact that she's a beautiful woman. Again, it deals with the fear of what are the repercussions if these people see that I'm married to a beautiful woman. So in this particular case, it's Abimelech, king of Gerar, and he goes and he takes Sarah, and we'll start in chapter 20, verse 1. Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she's my sister, and Abimelech, king of Gerar, uh, sent and took Sarah. 
But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you've taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, She is my sister? And she, even she herself, said, He's my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Now listen to God's response. God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he'll pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech mm-hmm. rises up early in the morning, and listen to what he says to Abraham. Verse 8, or verse 9, I'm sorry. What have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you have in view that you have done this thing? And now we get the explanation of what Abraham's frame of mind was, his thinking behind this, verse 11. And Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed, she truly is, or she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, this is your kindness that you should do for me. In every place, wherever we go, save me, he is my brother. And so very similar incident. And we see again this idea that technically what Abraham was saying and technically what Sarah was saying, because Abimelech said, they both kind of misled me. He did it first and then she did. It's true because Sarah was Abraham's sister but a half-sister. And what they left out was they're also husband and wife. And again, see how harm was done to Abimelech. Now, fortunately, God protected Abimelech from committing sin here. Uh, and, and you saw Abimelech saying, I did this in the integrity of my heart. I thought she was a single woman. I thought she was available. And why did I think that? Because I've been led to think that by the statements of both Abraham and Sarah. I'm innocent in this thing. And I think that tells us uh, that people, innocent people can be hurt by lies. Other people who are just relying upon the information don't know otherwise, and they're going to make decisions. They can make some very bad decisions simply because we put misinformation out there. That's another reason why we need to be careful about what we say. We don't want to cause anybody else to stumble. We don't want to lead anybody else astray. We don't want to deceive people into committing sin. So what I noted in the beginning, you know, it kind of becomes a part of our... Uh, lifestyle. Right. You know, we, we deceive or we mislead. And that apparently was the case with Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, wherever we go, yeah, yeah, say that yeah, you're my sister. Yeah. So that w- the, the plan was, you know, this has kind of become our typical story. Yeah. And, and it, it causes all kind of problems. There, there's another problem that results from this as well, because mm-hmm. Jacob, yes, uh, Abraham's, uh, yeah. I mean, Isaac, Abraham's son, not Jacob. We're going to talk about him yeah. in a little while. Yeah. But Isaac does the same yes. thing. And exactly. so Abraham's conduct seems to be passed on mm-hmm. to Isaac. That's Genesis 26, mm-hmm. when uh, he says about Rebekah that she is his sister. Now, mm-hmm. if I've figured it out right, they're cousins, mm-hmm. and so they are related, and so, you know, seems to be stretching it right. to say sister, but they are related, right? and so just, again, you know, uh, uh, you, you wonder if maybe Isaac knew about mm-hmm. what his father had done, mm-hmm. and so he took up that strategy as well, yeah. yeah, and so just tell the truth. That's right. If you can just tell the truth from the beginning, that's right. That avoids so many Absolutely. consequences and problems that that inevitably follow. So, yep. might be hard to tell the truth, right. but if you tell the truth, it's going to be a lot 
simpler and easier for us. Something you said run. last time I thought was good. You talked about, especially in difficult circumstances. And I think that tends to be the area where we are most tempted to lie. When we're in a jam, when we're in something that's difficult, that's hard, that is going to bring pain or discomfort or inconvenience, uh, there's a, maybe a greater temptation to distort the truth then than there is normally. So we just need to understand ourselves when we're in those situations, really be on the lookout and there are some bad consequences that we can't avoid. Sometimes it's because of our own behavior. Now, here's something I was thinking about, and this is not the case here, but uh, notice that the concern is the disclosure of information is going to work me harm. But what if we live our lives in such a way that we have this secret life, that we're doing things that are inappropriate, things that we're ashamed of, things we don't want people? That's also, not only is it in and of itself wrong, it's oftentimes going to lead to lying to cover it up, right? Because right. we don't want it to come out. And so you see that with things like maybe pornography or somebody has an alcohol addiction or, you know, things like that. Uh, there's a tendency along with those sins to come lies and deception. I don't want this to get out. I don't want people to know this. So I got to make up excuses for what I was doing at that point in time and where what I was doing on my computer and why I sent this or something pops up and, oh, why did that? Oh, and come up with some lie because you don't want that yeah. to get out. Well, You've probably heard, as I have, um, on more than one occasion, uh, someone whose spouse has been unfaithful yeah. say, it's not the infidelity that right. hurts so much. Right. It's the lying. Exactly. The lying and the covering up. Now, it's not that the infidelity is, right, is right. harmless, right. but it's it's the lying yes. that is, is so hurtful and so harmful. That's right. And that's what you're saying. You yes. get involved in sin, mm -hmm. you got to cover it up some way, mm -hmm. and so you resort to lying. Mm -hmm. Lying to this person that is supposed to be the closest and that's right. Uh, you know, you 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 trust each other, you right. have confidence in each other, you share right. very personal things with one another, and here you are, you're lying to them. And it just does a great deal of damage. Amen, brother. Now, as we said before, and you can see it in the case with Abraham nobody respects a liar no. and so you got pharaoh and Abimelech. Yeah. you know yeah. what are you doing right. you're lying to me right they're, they're, they don't express their admiration for <laughs> abraham's cleverness do they right. they're hurt right. by it and they don't appreciate it you know and that's a good point that you and think about who those people are and abraham is a child of god and yet here are these uh foreigners that people are don't know god that are upbraiding him because of his immoral behavior and they're in the right in criticizing right. him and so that we never want to be in that position where we're out there children of god wearing the name of christ we're lying and then people of the world have to stand up and condemn us and criticize us and justified in that criticism right um, let's look at another example genesis chapter 27 uh, this is a, a favorite bible story of a lot of people i remember being taught in vacation Bible school and a lot of the Bible studies I had as a kid. But this is the story, you remember, of Esau and Jacob. You remember Isaac is, is about to die or he senses that his days are coming up and he wants to bless his firstborn son, Esau, and give him a special blessing. And so he asks him to go out and hunt some of his favorite game and bring it back and prepare it. And then he's going to bring a blessing to him or give him the blessing before he dies. Well, the problem is Isaac's wife, Rebecca, hears that. And evidently there was a dynamic in this family where Rebecca was really partial to Jacob, whereas uh, Jake, I'm, I'm sorry, That's uh, right. to, to Jacob, I'm sorry, and Isaac was partial to Esau. And of course that creates its own problem. But then Rebecca hears this, says, okay, I got a plan got to do this we're going to preempt that we're going to get that which was going to be reserved for esau and so the plan is presented and jacob rightly says well wait a minute i i can't go in to see my father even though he is blind that's a critical part of the story but esau's a hairy man i'm not 
So he's going to instantly know who it is. Oh, got that covered. We've got this skin of a goat. We're going to put on your hands. We're going to put it on the back of your neck. So you're going to, and you're going to have Esau's clothes. I've got those in the house with me. And so you're going to present yourself as if you're Esau. And that's exactly what he does. So start with verse 18. So he went to his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you're really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he felt him said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. Then he said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's game so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing, and he blessed him, and, and goes on and gives the blessing. Look at all the lies here. I mean, he, he repeatedly says, and, and it's almost as if Isaac senses something is off, and he clearly notices the voice doesn't sound right, but Jacob continues to reassure him, I am Esau, I'm your son. He lies about, why, how is it, did you get the game so quickly? Oh, the Lord God brought it to him. That's a lie. <laughs> so lie after lie after lie. Why is he doing this? He wants to get that blessing. His mother wants him to get that blessing. They both want something that is not properly his, it's properly to the firstborn. And so I think that gives us an, a window into the souls of man. A lot of lies are born out of wanting something that's not yours. You're not going to get it in the normal course of things. Maybe you're not qualified enough to get it. Maybe you're not in the right place. Maybe you're not in the right spot. And some people are tempted to take matters in their own hands and say, no, but I want it no matter what. And so if I have to lie, if I have to deceive, right. if I have to pull the wool over somebody, I'll do that to get what I want. Every now and then, you'll, and just your, your words kind of brought this to mind. Every now and then, maybe in the news, you'll hear about a politician who yep. in the past has uh, maybe been deceitful in his uh, resume, yes. his educational experience, his work experience, yes. not exactly honest. Well, well, he wants a job. Right. Maybe he's not qualified right. for and so he, he fudges a little bit, That's right. maybe a lot, maybe right. just an outright misrepresentation and uh, hoping that, well, maybe nobody will check this and mm -hmm. I'll be able to pass myself off mm -hmm. as more qualified than I really am. Right. And so that's deceitful. That's it not is. honest. And it's kind of what you're talking about, a desire to acquire a position or mm -hmm. some material thing that we that we can see through my own ability, my own right. talent. I'm not going to get that. I would like to have it. Right. And so we resort to lying. A lot of things wrong with that. Right. You know, we need to be content with what we have. Exactly. And, uh, trust in the Lord, the Lord That's to right. provide. That's right. And just be the kind of person that he would have us to be. And he'll take care of us That's and be right. content with that. That's exactly right. And, and of course, that's what should have happened here. Both Rebecca and Jacob should have been content. Hey, you're not the firstborn. There's certain things that will not come to you. That doesn't mean that you can't do a lot of good for the Lord and you can't be a blessed man and have a prosperous life. But unfortunately, both of them wanted something that really didn't belong to them. And, you know, we won't get into all the details, but it causes such enmity between Esau and Jacob, this one lie, and it goes on for years. And so again, it tells you about the power of a lie and what it can do to relationships. It completely destroyed their brotherhood, the natural love they're supposed to have. In fact, it gets to the point where Esau is like, okay, I can't wait till Isaac dies, then I'm gonna kill him. Think about that. Yeah. 
I'm going to kill this guy because of what he took from me. Because when he comes in and he makes the case, he's just anguished realizing my brother has supplanted me yet again and taken something from me that didn't belong to me. Yeah, that's right. Well, I guess we have run out of time, and we, we didn't get past one. <laughs> well, maybe two if you want to count the Abimelech uh, incident. But uh, there's so much in the Bible to be said about this, and, and we want to, as Bob said, examine ourselves, whether it be in the faith. Examine your speech. Uh, one thing that I try to do uh, on a day-to-day basis is to kind of replay some of the things that I've said, some of the conversations, and, and make sure that, that I've been honest and truthful. And uh, sometimes you'll find that you could have been maybe a little more honest and, and just resolved to do better. And, and know where the weak points are. Again, we've said when we're in difficult circumstances, when you've made a mistake, when you failed to do something you said you were going to do, those are opportunities to lie because we're wanting to cover up the truth. We don't want the truth to come out. So know yourself, know your weak points, and tell the truth. And certainly, as we said earlier, live your life in an above-board way. Don't be doing things behind the scenes that are secret that then you're going to be tempted to pour more sin on top of the fire by basically lying to cover it up. See that time and time again. We didn't have time to get into David, but that's his situation. He, he had committed sin by taking a man's wife, and then he tries to cover it up and make it seem like, well, no, the child was from uh, her uh, husband and, and the natural uh, relations between the two, and that doesn't work, and so eventually he has to kill the man. You know, the, the lying and deception that comes with so many of our sins uh, is a very difficult thing. So if we stay away from the sin in the first place, it'll make yeah. it easier for us to be truth tellers and just be devoted to getting the truth out there. And as we said, we bear the name of God. We're bringing the message of the good news of the gospel. We don't want to tarnish that with a reputation for being a liar, or being deceitful, or being dishonest. And I would just remind everybody that um, you know we, a, a lie is is a, a, an untruth told with the intent Tent to, to deceive. deceive. Yeah, we make point. mistakes. Right. Uh, we're, we're not fully informed ourselves, and we might make a mistake in what we say. That's, that's not a lie, to make yeah. a mistake. There's no intent to deceive. Right. And so I think sometimes people will kind of torture themselves. Oh, no, I made a mistake. Right. That was I honest. Right. Well, it might not have been accurate. Right. But if there's no intent to deceive, uh, that's... That's not a lie. That's, that's not a great a, point. That's not a falsehood. So, I uh, just want just want to make that point. In you know, and let me, let me add. I know we're trying to get out of here, but one one last thing along those lines too. There's another situation that may not be a lie, but sometimes we misinterpret it. Maybe you tell somebody you're going to do something, and at the moment you tell them, you have every intention that's to, right. and then later something pops up beyond your control where you can't do it. Did you lie simply because you didn't do what you said you were going to do? Not necessarily. Again, it goes back to what you said, intent. When I told you I was going to do that, did I intend to do it? Yes, but something came up later and I couldn't. That's not a lie. But if I told you, knowing full well I'm not going to do it and I intend not to do it, well, then that is a lie. So those distinctions are worth making. Well, as always, we want to end our podcast with a word of prayer. And so I'll ask Brother Bob to lead us in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for the opportunity we have to uh, study from your word. We're thankful that you've revealed to us the way that you want us to to behave and to conduct ourselves. Uh, God, F- Father, we are thankful that you're a God of truth, that you cannot lie, that we can always depend upon you, that you're reliable and trustworthy. What a miserable existence it would be for us, Father, if you were otherwise, if you were deceptive or untrustworthy. But we're so thankful that, again, we, we can rely upon you and upon your word, and we can trust in it that... Uh, You will do the things that you promise to do in your word and that the information that we have in your word is trustworthy and reliable. 
And so, Father, as your children, we pray that you'll help us to be the kind of people that that you are, that you are honest and trustworthy and have integrity. And we want to be honest and trustworthy and people of integrity as well, because you are and we are your children. And so, Father, we pray that you'll help us to develop those qualities. Help us, Father, to see the dangers in our lives, to identify the times when we're vulnerable, that we're susceptible to temptation. Help us, Father, to resist those things. Help us to understand that the way that you want us to live is the best way to live. And so it's best for us to be honest, even though that might bring some temporary consequences that are uh, undesirable. In the long run, Father, it'd always be best to be honest and straightforward people. Help us to see that, even in those difficult times. Father, we're thankful that your son came into the, came into the world and identified himself as the way and the truth and the life. And help us, Father, to accept the truth that's in him and the truth that he taught and walk in his footsteps. And Father, we know that if we will do that, we can depend upon you to lead us into heaven itself and where we will be in your presence and your glory forever and ever. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.